A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to One Up, delivered through the AI podcast channel. I'm your host, Guy Drinkle, and as ever, I'm joined by my co-host, Carl Wilkinson. How are you doing, Carl? I'm doing good, Guy. How about yourself? I am very good. I'm very good. The World Cup just came back today, and it's back with a bang that we've just been talking about before we recorded, but we won't go into that too much. Uh, but if we need to fill time, we might mention it a bit. But we're here this week. For your top ten list, Carl, are you? Is it already all set to go? It is, and my God, this 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 was a labour. Like this, this was the most stressful things I've done in weeks. Like I remember you were saying last week that yours was hard on WhatsApp, and I was like, oh, I can't be that hard. And then I went to do mine, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, getting it down to ten games, ordering it. I, I hope it was worth the pain. <laughs> Oh, the thing is, one one of the uh, one of the Twitter replies, I think it was from Craig, who he, he said Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> uh, Old Republic, and I was like, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> um, and then someone mentioned Crash Bandicoot Tag Team Race, and, and I just died a little inside. But I'm not. I'm sticking with the list I had last week on the pod, um, which we I may post after a couple of weeks of it being out, just just for ease of access, really. But similarly to last week, Carl, we'll go through a bit of news before we get into your top ten. So I'll read out the headline here. Um, slow news week, people, so don't be expecting too much big news. GTA Online is full of fake GTA five uh, GTA six announcements. I've not heard or seen anything about this. As I said, slow news week. So, Carl, what, what's this about? Yeah, so I heard about this while listening to another podcast earlier in the week, and I had a look into it. Like, I found it pretty bizarre uh, how something like this can happen, but at the same time, then I have experienced similar things before. But um, I'll, I'll go into the, the story first. So this comes over from Kotaku, and it was written by Zach... Zwiezen, they just keep giving me hard names here, so I apologize <laughs> if I butchered it. Um, or Zwiezen, maybe. Anyway, um, Zach writes, many grand 
Theft Auto Online players got a surprise when they started the game on July 1st. Some players received a message purporting to be from Rockstar Games, advertising GTA 6 was launching in 2019 and could be pre-ordered now. Unfortunately for those excited for a new GTA, the messages are fakes, likely being sent by players hacking the game. The messages are only appearing on PC, Xbox 360 and PS3. These platforms have been modded and hacked by players for years now and it seems these in-game notifications are just another new exploit. I can't find any verifiable evidence that these messages are appearing on PS4 or Xbox One, platforms that have yet to be fully cracked by GTA 5 hackers. I played some GTA Online today and didn't receive any of these messages on PS4. The fact that these messages are only appearing on platforms that have been modded in the past and that these messages aren't being sent to all players seems to confirm these messages are fake and not from Rockstar Games. And the story was since updated to say that Rockstar has confirmed on Twitter that the announcement are fake. Quote, this is a hoax made with the use of mods and not an official message or statement from Rockstar Games. And you can find the full story over on Kotaku. So, yeah, so basically it seems some modders decided, you know, what would be great. Let's troll some players and see what happens. And, like, to, to be honest, I, I have online in a while but i'd imagine if i was playing it and like one of those i remember those updates from when i did play it <laughs> i don't know about you but if it comes up the little rockstar logo and the message i probably at least for a minute i thought about it <laughs> what do you what do you think i um yeah i mean if if it was really done well i could kind of see where it's coming from but no, I I could never see Rockstar <laughs> announcing a game by putting a message in another game. It just doesn't make that much sense to me. Um, so if it was done really well, maybe as you said, maybe for a minute or so, it'd probably get me. But at, after you've took it in, it'd just be like, no, that's clearly bullshit. <laughs> yeah. The, the fact it's not been on the, the, the current gen of consoles, I mean, scre- screams that it's bullshit, doesn't it? As, the, as a Rockstar have, have came out and said so. Yeah, it's just I think it's just someone taking the mick, isn't it? Yeah, the 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 obviously we we know by now it is like, but it just it, it kind of always amazes me how people can can effectively break these games. Like I I remember it being a real problem with Call of Duties. Once oh, God, the Call yeah. of Duty was kind of like three or four years old, and there was newer iterations. You know, you'd go on. I remember, like, my stepbrother got me on to play one of them once. I think it might have been Modern Warfare 2. Mm. And it, like, came on just, like, in all these bright colors, just, like, God mode enabled or something. And there's, like, some guy who's, like, invincible, just, like, killing everyone. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, it's it's absolutely insane. Like, but um, it, it it is some food for thought for, for me anyway, G- GTA 6. Like, did, do you have any kind of timeline in mind yourself, Guy, for when we, we might actually see GTA 6? Um, they do, they do love a long, a long, uh, development cycle, don't they, Rockstar? That's the thing. And there's those, there's rumours of Bully 2 being the next Rockstar game, so I don't, for me, I think GTA will be, Next gen, if I'm honest, the next one. I think six will be next gen. Um, I know, I know five was uh, for, uh, last gen coming on the current gen, and it took it took like a year or whatever it was to uh, update and port it and stuff like that. But no, I've, I think if if the bully two rumors are true, I think it'll, I think it'll be uh, not launch, maybe the year after or something like that. But 
Yeah, I, I think GTA will be far away. I mean, we saw how long it took to make Red Dead, and I know Red Dead and GTA are completely different, but GTA still has a lot to to build into a game, and it, each year they seem to be making a more in-depth story, don't they? So if they're trying to make GTA 6 an even more powerful story, I mean, it's going to be hard to top five free free. Uh, interlinking stories uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a hard game to make and i know it's been how much when was gta 5 out was it 2011 no that was skyrim um i think it was 2012 i could be wrong though Let's have a look. um do 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 good radio this <laughs> 2013 2013 yeah 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 because then the the new car so it's what it came out in 20, yeah, same year, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'd echo everything you, you've said there, to be honest. I mean, th- this isn't the, um, rock star of kind of the PS2 era where they had like so many studios working on, you know, you had like Bully, as you said, and GTA and Red Dead Revolver and, um, and even they had some, some, uh, portable games in development like all at mm. the same time they've kind of trimmed back on their studios and the amount of projects they have going at once and funny you mentioned bully because like i was listening to people on the podcast saying that oh they were talking about how it'd be red dead and then gta but that gta could be a few years but i was like i well listen to it i was like i swear that there was bully too like a sequel to bully was going to be coming out soon i'm like why haven't they even mentioned that like so i'm glad you've mentioned it because that means mm. I, I didn't make that up you know? <laughs> there's some uh... it's, it does seem it does i know gaming room is always you can always have to take on a pinch of salt and stuff like that but rockstar it's not one of those ones where they just drop drop news randomly is it it's literally one game every three years if you're lucky five years probably more realistically and i know bully's not a big big title like rdr and gta but it, it's still going to have some some developments like i mean bully was uh midway through the 360 ps3 era uh, but generation if i remember correctly so that yeah that's obviously i imagine it's been planned for a while and it probably hasn't been in development that long but i imagine i've been thinking about a sequel for for a good while with that so the Rockstar do stuff right, and they're they're not they're not rushed into anything either. I know G, some some GTA Online stuff wasn't wasn't great at launch, but Rockstar seems to get quite a lot of stuff right, especially single player wise. So I think Bully, if it is if it is the next game, it, it'll get the respect it deserves from Rockstar, and I think you could probably class Bully as second grade compared to GTA and RDR, but at the same time, it's still going to be done pretty brilliantly, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a bit of a, a cult hit back in the day, and, and oh, funny, absolutely. it's actually just popped into my head with Bully that I'm I'm I know that Bully, the Xbox 360 version, was made one of the backwards compatible mm-hmm. games for the yeah. the Xbox One. I also think it got a few kind of tweaks and improvements for for Xbox One, similar to Red Dead Redemption, but maybe not quite the same level and it even got like one a re-release in a kind of x1 box you know that um as some certain select uh backwards compatible games did like red dead redemption so i'd imagine if if um rockstar paying it uh giving it so much love um that uh 
a future bully title is likely in the works so that the rumors probably have have some truth to them um but it, it'll be certainly interesting to see what um rockstar's plans are as they move further uh, forward <laughs> I'm quite looking forward to Bully 2 now, because as you said, <laughs> Cult Hero, uh, I, it was one of my favourite games, and somehow I persuaded my mum to get me that, and I didn't lie to her, I told her what it was, <laughs> so somehow she still got me it, so cheers for that mum, uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll move on to the next story, this kind of links with a story we had uh, last week, wasn't it, Fallout Fallout 76, Bethesda's Todd Howard, um, no cross-console play because Sony is not as helpful as everyone would like. Um, last week we had the story where uh, Sony seemed a bit more open to it and that was a backlash, backlash from Epic Games and stuff, and stuff like that, wasn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah. Is, is it just a bit too soon? I know it probably is easy to do cross-play, but do you think it's just too, too soon for Fallout 76 to have cross-play with with Sony being a bit standoffish, as we said last week? Honestly, I was, I was very surprised that this was a thing, because, like, while we might kind of expect cross-play in kind of free-to-play or smaller mm. titles like Fortnite, and uh, not that Fortnite's small, but it is free-to-play, <laughs> and Rocket League, um, you wouldn't really, like, we, we don't see people really demanding cross-play for their Call of Duties or the... Rainbow Six Siege or anything like that. So, for like anything in the AAA space. So, um, although people say they'd preferably like it. So I was kind of surprised to, to see Todd Howard address this in this way. I, I thought he'd just kind of dismiss it as not something they were looking into. But I mean, the comments here, which come from a, an article on Polygon from ONS Good, um, Todd Howard while speaking to German publication game star of crossplay in 70s we really love that but right now we can't sony is not as helpful as everyone would like um and you know it's it's kind of maybe this is the catalyst along the way to, to getting sony to make some sort of move uh towards uh cross-platform because although we've had epic and you know other companies kind of comment and say yeah, it's down. I mean, we had that way back when this all started, when Fortnite accidentally enabled um, crossplay for an evening. Um, you know, it's been clear from the start that Sony are the ones that don't want it. But at the same time, I think um, Epic and stuff have been a little bit respectful and been kind of like, oh, it's Sony's decision and we respect that. Whereas Todd Howard's just kind of calling Sony right out on it and being like, yeah. Sony aren't being helpful. And I mean, this isn't the first time this has happened with Bethesda. I'm not sure if you remember, but the mods with uh, Fallout, mm. um, same sort of thing. And I can't remember if it was Todd Howard or Pete Hines at the time, but made comment on it and, and said it was down to, to Sony. And, and I, back then, like Bethesda got Sony to change their, their vision on it a, a little bit. So again, if, if any kind of third party has the, the weight to throw around and, and make Sony have a second thought. It, it, it probably is Bethesda for me among, among a few others. Like, uh, what, what do you think, Guy? Do you, do you think this, this might have some sort of effect on, on the battle for crossplay? Um, yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, Bethesda's obviously a big hitter in the gaming industry, isn't it? So, um, they may not have the power to sway what Sony do, but 
they probably have the leverage to influence in some in some way what Sony do. I mean, if they Bethesda seem to have a more uh, a better relationship with with Microsoft, don't they? I mean, Todd Howard was obviously part of the Xbox. Uh, Scorpio announcement and stuff like that, wasn't he? Um, Bethesda get on Xbox's stage at E3 quite uh, quite regularly, so they do they do seem to have a more favourable relationship with Microsoft. So maybe they can sway it because I'm not saying there's going to be an exclusivity deal with Bethesda or anything like that, but you want Bethesda on your side, and if 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 Todd if if Bethesda's vision um, for Fallout 76 and any other future online titles is to have crossplay and have this absolute huge um, fan world and stuff like that that that's interlinking, and it doesn't really matter what console you're on. I mean, PC different, but it doesn't really make a difference in games like in the M well what we're we gonna call MMO survival game or whatever it's gonna be classed as um it, it doesn't really make a difference and I, I think the most important point is we said last week crossplay isn't gonna decide what console you're gonna be on it's just kind of annoying fans for the sake of annoying fans isn't it I mean it's a, just a bit annoying really but I think what if if AAA developers start start speaking about crossplay? I mean, it, it, all it's going to take is for EA to get on it. Uh, that that control EA controls um, casual gamers, doesn't it? And so does Activision. So if Activision and um, EA start talking about crossplay, and then Sony get a bit a bit bitchy with it, it might it might cause more problems. But Bethesda's for not hardcore gamers, because I think Skyrim and Oblivion and uh, quite easy to play Fallout's a bit different but as soon as casual developers start getting onto crossplay I think Sony will chirp up a bit more and fall in line hopefully I mean it, 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 it's something that can only benefit the, the gamers and I, I can't really see how it'll hurt Sony too no. much I mean they, it's, it's not it's not going to be the the change in the um the console wars, I think Nintendo and, and Xbox would have to do a lot more um, mm. to, to win that battle. But, um, you know, it, it is just it's something I, I'd personally like to see sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just something for fans to... It's just more people to play with, isn't it? it just, it's, not, it's not breaking a boundary of a console, but it's just a different pool of people to play with, and I don't see the problem with that. But... Uh, We'll move on to the next story. Um, Netflix's new batch of Castlevania episodes arrive in time for Halloween. A bit more, obviously Castlevania's the game and stuff like that, but it's a bit more entertainment sidey. Um, but what, are you a fan of the show and the games? I am, yeah. I'd be a, a fan of both. I mean, um, Castlevania, like, I, I've always had a love for kind of like vampire related media and when it comes to video games, Castlevania is the vampire game, um, and always has been. Uh, and this this show, I remember when it launched last year. I think there was only like four episodes in the original run, and um, I just watched it, and I just couldn't believe how how good it was. Just the pure animation style. It's it's like a proper nod to to eighties animation, but but not just Western animation, but also um anime from the eighties, like the the old anime like combines the two so so brilliantly. Like it's it's just 
for for the art style alone, did you watch any of the? Have you caught the the Castlevania show yourself? Um, no, I haven't even played the game. If I'm honest, it's not. I I know of the franchise in in general, but I've ne- I've never really played the game, and I've never I've never really watched the show. Um, but no, it's not it's not something that's really ever caught my eye or anything like that. Is it? What what would what would you class it as? Just a just an anime va- vampire. Dark um, vampire anime or something like that. Well, it, it's it's I wouldn't really call it a, an anime because although it's it's based on a, a Japanese game, it, it very much is uh, a Western animation. But at the same time, there are anime influences on it, um, which you know I think is inevitable with, again with it being a, a Japanese property. Um, but it, it's just it's fan service. You know, for for fans of the game, so I suppose yeah. if you haven't really played the games, it, it's probably not really going to be for you. But but for any of our, our listeners who have played the games, I, I would recommend this. I think it's like four twenty minute episodes, like it's less than an hour and a half of your time. Mm. You, you, it'll be you will have watched it before you know it. So I'd, I'd recommend giving the the first four episodes a watch on Netflix if if you're looking for something to watch. Yeah, I, I mean. Something in the similar pool. I'm not sure if this is official news yet, but I think the 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 much famed Halo TV series is getting stronger rumours that it's coming, and I think Showtime are getting in the stage of wanting it for next year. I'm not sure if that it might have been last week's news or or something like that, but seems like Halo may be getting a TV series. I mean, this has probably been what ten ten years of this rumour, but just just to fill out the news bit, what how how much would you be looking forward to an actual Halo TV series. That really, really depends. I mean, it it, it could be great because we know Halo is like a, a rich concept for kind of the the screen. Like that that could go beyond games, but it really depends on kind of who's directing, who's writing, who's who's on to act. Mm. I mean, a lot of as we know, I'll do. A lot of gaming adaptations for the screen don't really work out well. So there, there are some exceptions, but but they are few and far between. So I think, as with anything, you know, it it comes down to I'll watch it when it comes out and pass judgment. Then you know, it was the same with this Castlevania series when I first heard it. Meh, and I just watched. And it was like, ah, oh, that, that was cool. So, um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have to to pin back my expectations on on Halo for for the minute. But but it is cool that it, it's finally happening after as you said, it, well, feels like a long time of speculation. I mean, wasn't that once it was supposed to be a movie with Peter Jackson directing or something like that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was meant to be a Gears of War film, a Dead Space film, a Halo film. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Halo's been—it's been rumored to be something for so bloody long. And I think, if I think the rumors of Steven Spielberg being either producer or director, so it, it's only good—it's good signs if he's involved. But yeah, well, I was just adding that on because it kind of popped in my head. But we'll move on to the last story. Um, Valve quietly blocks new method to estimate Steam sales figures. What what can you tell us about this, Carl? Yeah, so for this one, I'll, I'll have to read the, the story to give give us kind of a basis. So this comes from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. Actually, our last story came from him too. So um, Tom's really on the ball this week. Head over to Eurogamer to, to read his 
Uh, those articles from him and, and many others. But uh, Tom writes, a week ago, indie developer Tyler Glale, Glyle, again, names, suggested a new method to estimate the number of copies a game had sold on Steam. He did so via a Medium blog post, which gathered a fair amount of interest. A week on Steamed reports, onlookers suddenly noticed Glale's method was no longer working. Valve had quietly taken action to render it useless. And no point had the company commented on Glale's method or explained what and why it was changing its systems to block it. In brief, Glale suggested using the percentage of people who had unlocked a particular achievement to then estimate a game's overall user base. Steam counted achievement percentages to 16 decimal places. Now, however, Steam rounds this up, a change which looks a deliberate move to nip any sales estimated tech in the bud. Developers trying to estimate Steam sales figures because Valve does not disclose them itself. It never has done, but up until recently most relied on third-party site Steam Spy to gain a general picture of the market and of their own title's success compared to others. Of course, Valve neutered Steam Spy in April as part of a wider move it said was designed to enhance Steam's privacy settings, something linked at the time to GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously at the time, I, I actually remember that when, when Steam Spy was closed down and, you know, Valve said, oh, GDPR and people were like, oh yeah, you know, that, that, uh, nuisance that is GDPR and, and people accepted that. But now it, it very much does seem like Valve just don't want people being able to estimate Steam sales, which I for one find very odd. I mean, I'm sure this will develop in the, the next week or so. Maybe people will come up with theories as to why but um what do you think i did can, can you think of any plausible reason why steam wouldn't want to know how how many games are, are kind of titles are being moved on their platform uh, i'm not sure I, I mean i could kind of understand if they don't want to make it public knowledge um because you don't you don't want to you don't want to kill a game before before it's um had a chance to breathe, kind of. I mean, say if a game's a good, a good game, but a very niche game, it it it's sold very little. It, it can kind of be off-putting to to new people to that to that genre of game, or just to the new to the new uh, uh, franchise of game or something like that. So I can kind of understand it, but I don't think it would make that that much a difference to see sales figures in in a put in public domain. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just a bit pointless and a bit weird news story for me i just i don't think it makes too much of a difference either way but i mean if, if they want to keep stuff private feel free <laughs> i don't it's it, it's just weird i mean it it is quite interesting data and stuff like that i mean that it, it's always interesting to see how many games have sold i mean i think they mostly use it for for films and stuff like that when you see how much they made money wise don't you i don't really check I don't really check that stuff with games. I mean, it, it is interesting to see how much money a game makes, but I only really check that with films. So maybe ha- more hardcore gamers compared to me are more interested in it. But it just it's it's just a bit much of a nothing story for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I certainly understand your your stance on it. I think overall, obviously, figures like these are, are going to be more. For, for developers and, and publishers yeah. um, than actual gamers but you know it, it, sometimes it is kind of nice just to, to get an idea of, of how a game fares 
commercially compared to critically because you know there has been games mm-hmm. in the past that get eights and nines out of tens but then we never really see a sequel because they simply don't sell enough and um, so it's only really sales figures that we do get to see that like but it, it just seemed an odd move when steam because they always seemed at least in terms of allowing third parties to, to kind of estimate figures they used to seem a little more open to it uh in the past but now you know more recent and maybe it's because pcs fallen behind mobile as the the top gaming platform i i don't know not sure why that really matters but um, for whatever reason, anyway, they, they just seem to be a little more tight-lipped in <laughs> recent uh, months with the, these two stories here. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe again, people will come up with their own theories in the next coming week, so I'll, I'll keep an eye out on that. And maybe we might have a reason to go back to this one in, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that is the end of the news, Carl, so you know what time it is now. It's top ten time. So, number ten. I'm gonna we're gonna do reverse order like we did last week. So, yeah, I'm prepared for that. Go on. <laughs> What's your number so, ten? Okay, so growing up, um, throughout my childhood and into my teens, um, WWF, as I still like to refer to it as, um, was a big big part in, in terms of my entertainment and obviously that included the, the video games and you know uh, over the years I remember it started with uh, I think it was just called WWF Wrestling on the Commodore 64 and onto the, the likes of In Your House and uh, Wrestlemania on the, the Mega Drive and the SNES um, and then obviously as, as time went on we moved on to the PS1 and like I remember I, I had Warzone and I had a kind of long term loan of Attitude and they, they were decent games but the, and you know looking back I was looking at the review scores for them today and they they, they did alright um, but you know I think that was just because comparatively they, they were the best that, that had been on the platform but that, that didn't mean they were great games and I remember going to a cousin's house and playing uh, Wrestlemania on the um, N64 and I was jealous I was like this is the first great wrestling game I've ever played like why don't I have this for my console and then I went to a cousin's house and I played Smackdown and I was like here we are finally finally and I, every time I go to his cousin's house, I'd just play SmackDown the whole time I was there. And then I'd go home and I'd be like, why don't I have SmackDown? And then one day, my brother brought home SmackDown 2, Know Your Role. And I was like, this, this is just, this is just the peak of wrestling games. I mean, I played that game religiously, you know, playing against my friends, playing Absolutely. the season mode. It had the best season mode. And they've never done a better season mode. I mean, this had a co-op season mode with proper stories, proper, you know, it was just amazing. I remember my brother and I had our creator wrestlers and we had like a co-op season going and we were, we were tag team champions. I, he was the WWE, WWF champion. I was the, intercontinental champion and then i said i want to shake things up so i went in the the uh, roster mode and i put my character in a white shirt with black tie and i added them to the right to censor faction and then we went back into our season and suddenly my brother and i were in like a grudge match fighting for his title i mean like 
ah, just just as a wrestling fan at the time, there was nothing better than SmackDown Two Now You're Old. And unfortunately, like although you know, just bring it, bring the uh, I, no. Um, here comes the pain. Here comes the pain. What was the one in between? Just it was just bring it, wasn't it? Just bring it was three. Here comes the pain was. Five, I think, so it was four. Whatever, anyway. Uh, four, all of them brilliant games, and they definitely improved mechanically and stuff, but the season mode, unfortunately, just got, like, watered down more and more and more. And, like, it's gone to the point now where I still hope there's friends who buy them, and I still like the odd drunken night to have a go with them, but still, you know, SmackDown 2, No Your All, will always be the peak of wrestling games for me, and as a, a as a for that, it, it deserves a place in my top ten. Just, but it, it does, and that 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 starts me off there. So the best wrestling game of of all time, in my opinion, SmackDown Two, No Euro. Shut your face was before here comes the pill. Um, ah. But <laughs> I I fully understand this. I mean, I I still I still watch it now. Um, I, I obviously do the PWI stuff on on the channel as well. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I fully understand that. I can't. I actually can't remember which one it was. It might be the one you're on about. Um, it's where you, where the story mode you could actually run around the back and then you just talk to people and then un- it always seemed to be Undertaker for me. He just comes out and gets in your face like back off. Um, but th- there was one where you could run around the back and it was kind of not. I'm going to say RPG elements, but it, re- it really wasn't. But just just having that thing where you could actually kind of make your own choices, I, I kind of love that. But no, I fully understand the the wrestling stuff, and I fully agree. The PS1 and PS2 era games were so much better than the ones that are out and about now. Um, and they just don't seem to. Um, I'm right there originally. Yeah, they just don't seem to recapture that magic. It might, it might be the fact that we're older and stuff like that, but they just don't seem to be that fun and just a bit overcomplicated. Shite now. Um, but yeah, that top ten, certainly, it's certainly interesting. Um, but number nine, Carl. And again, this one links to, to one of my uh, loves from kind of media and entertainment in, in general. Um, and that is Spy. Spider-Man on the PS2, which was the movie tie-in. Yes, a licensed game makes my top 10. Shock horror. Um, I mean, Spider-Man 2 was probably critically better than Spider-Man. And obviously, I'm hoping the upcoming Spider-Man game will be even better yet. But for me, Spider-Man was the one that I got into, like that that I played the most. Um, It was the first great spider-man game i played people are probably going to say what about spider-man one on the ps1 i didn't actually play that till after it was a great spider-man game as well so covering my bases there but like i I remember getting this game so well i remember to browse as often i did but i never actually expected to get anything but my mom was like pick a game and then i picked out spider-man and then she pointed out and I was like, yeah, but at first Spider-Man, she's like, get both. And I was like, great. So I brought the two games back, uh, played Spider-Man and was like hooked. But I was like, maybe Men in Black would be good too. Put Men in Black in. <laughs> game is god awful. Men in Black never got played again. Traded it in. But Spider-Man was amazing. I mean, the, the traversing around the, the city, web slinging is like the first game where I was able to do that in a Spider-Man game. The combat, which, you know, people, people always praise Arkham 
games for their combat. But this, people forget these Spider-Man movie tie-ins inspired that combat system, you know, the, which worked well for Spider-Man. The whole indicator over your head as to the enemies and certain enemies not being able to block their attacks or whatever. That all came from, from these movie tie-in games. I mean, they, they are partly responsible for, um, the Arkham games that everyone loves. So, I mean, pe- people need to give Treyarch their, their credit. You know, Treyarch now known, obviously, for making Call of Duty games. They once made some awesome Spider-Man games, of which this was the first. Um, so they, this is my favorite, um, superhero game of all time did did you actually play uh this this spider-man game back on the the ps2 era guy oh god yes absolutely i mean if i didn't love if i didn't love art the arkham well first two um, i'm gonna i'll say a trilogy but the first two were the better two if i didn't love them two games that much i'd, I'd be right there with you saying that this is the best uh super superhero game ever i mean back then you had disappointing Batman games, I mean, that horrendous Nintendo Superman game, which was a bit it was before my time, but it, it's still well done. <laughs> but, yeah, um, very Sp- much. Spider-Man seemed to be the pioneering hero, uh, superhero franchise in, in terms of, in terms of video games, and uh, we, we now, we now see the success of the Arkham franchise, and now we're gonna see the re, uh, the re, uh, Rejigged uh, Spider-Man franchise on on PS4 later this year, but no, they, I mean the first Spider-Man one and two, as you said, they the both games were excellent. I mean just the just the open world, as you said, web slinging. It it seems it seems like such a simple idea, but back in PS2, that that the idea of just an open world where where you could just swing about, it, it's pretty much it seems ahead of its time, even though it's a simple idea, but. You don't back then. You didn't get games that were that open and that kind of limitless in, in terms of having a superhero character. So I'm right. I'm right there with you. This was the pioneer of the of the superhero franchise in terms of gaming. So no, it's a it's a very deserving um, part on part on anyone's list. And uh, yeah, as I said, if if it wasn't for Arkham, I, I mean, I could see this this being on on my backup list. But uh, yeah, excellent choice. Excellent choice. It's probably one of my favorite games as a kid. So, number eight. Okay, with number eight, we have what, you know, if I just switch off my kind of personal opinions for a moment and and just switch on kind of a critical view, number eight is arguably the best game I've ever played critically. I mean, it's it's almost faultless, um, but just... You know, other factors kind of influence, you know, favorites as, as we all know. But this, I am of course speaking of The Last of Us on PS3. I mean, as I said, I think twice on podcast now, this was the reason I bought a PS3. I went out and bought a PS3 and bought this game when it came out because I wanted to play it so badly. Like I'd watched it at a, a couple of E3s and some other shows and, I was just blown away. Like graphically, this was better than anything I'd ever seen. The gameplay looked amazing. And it, it really is story, gameplay, graphics. It, it has it all. And like, I, I'm not going to spend too much time on this game because I waxed lyrical on my debut on the podcast about this game. Um, but I mean, for anyone who hasn't played it, including you guy, I say again, <laughs> play this game. I mean, 
you just it, it's it's a life changing experience for for any gamer to play this game. Like it's just that good. Like I mean, it's it's a masterpiece from from uh, Naughty Dog. They they are true artists when it comes to game development, and and this this is their masterpiece thus far. Yeah, I can only go on its reputation as you as you pinned to that. I haven't played it, um, but no, I mean everyone who's played this is has a go at me for having not played it, so that can only speak volumes. I mean, I've given Uncharted a go, um, I give um, Horizon Zero Dawn a go, so it it would probably only be fair if I give uh, Last of Us a go. One day, one day, as I said, it'll be Spider-Man that makes me dust off the uh, the PlayStation, but maybe when it's dusted off, it, it may start to breathe a bit more, and my mate is... I am eventually going to get God of War off my mate, so that might do it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it... It's hard for me to comment, but just going off its reputation, I mean, I imagine people will be probably complaining it's not higher up, if, I, if I'm honest. Um, but no, I think top, anyone's, top, anyone's top ten will probably have Last of Us in it, if, if, they, are, if they have played it. So yeah, fair, fair dudes. Um, what we have for number seven? Number seven. Uh, this will be one game that, that some people, listeners, might be thinking, what the hell's that? And then other listeners who know what it is might be wondering why I included in my top ten, because it, <laughs> it's a little controversial. But that is Grandia 2 on the PlayStation 2. Now, for those unfamiliar, Grandia 2 was an action RPG um, Japanese RPG to be more specific that came out on PlayStation 2 as a sequel to Grandia which was released on the PlayStation 1 now I hadn't actually played the first game at the time I played this but heard of it from a friend of mine who had a more extensive knowledge of the genre at the time and for me it was I think it was the first kind of proper this kind of uh, squad well squad team based action RPG that, that I'd actually played um, so I, I kind of it hooked me straight away because it was a nice change of pace from um, the kind of turn based Japanese RPGs that I'd been used to kind of on the, the PS1 um, now the reason why it, it might be kind of a controversial because one to most people it's kind of a mid tier RPG and then secondly because I've included the PS2 version when most people say the Dreamcast version is the superior version because of better loading times, but I never actually played the Dreamcast version, so I'll have to just take their word on it. But I, I don't know what it was about this game, but I think it's just, you know, the, the well, as I said, the, the gameplay made a difference, you know, it being kind of in real time, well, more so real time. There is like an action bar, um, but, you know, that to me that was new, and then there was... um. The, the characters were cool. I loved the art style. And I mean, the, the story and like for me, this had one of the character deaths. People talk about like Aerith and Final Fantasy seven spoilers. Sorry, but the, the game's <laughs> like 20 odd years old. You know, if you haven't played million, now, you're probably not going to. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that this, this game also had a character that, that kind of dies sacrificing himself to save the team. And I was just like, no, I didn't want him to die. And, I just couldn't believe that he died and, and like, I just loved this game. I mean, it just had everything for me that I like in a, in a, a JRPG. And like, I, I literally, I think I played it back to back. Like I just, I finished it and I was, I was so kind of, you know, when you 
finish a game you love and then you're you're kind of d- disappointed it's over and that with this one I was just like screw it I'll play it again <laughs> so um, I mean I've, I've probably finished this game three or four times like I, and I probably will finish it again because I think it's it's is it on PS I'm pretty sure it's on PS4 um, as uh, like a PlayStation 2 classic so I'll, I'll probably play it again I mean, I, I love this game, and and that's why it's it's one of those games. While I understand why it wouldn't be on most people's top tens, but it deserves a spot on my top ten personally. I've never even heard of the game. <laughs> I can't even find it on Google. <laughs> um, you're gonna have to send me a link to that for me to check it out. But it, it sounds like a very personal experience. I mean, this is what the entire list's about. Um, I mean, similarly to my Army of Two show last week. I mean, a- any personal experience it, it can it can justify any game. And yeah, fair dues, fair dues. Um, so I'm gonna have to move on quickly to six because I don't know what else to talk about on that one. Uh, but number six. Yeah, uh, number six. Um, again, it, 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 like a lot of my games on my list, it, it kind of ties in entertainment interest and in general, uh, Gator 4 on the PlayStation 2. Um, and just, you know, like, like many people at my age group, like we all kind of got obsessed with, with skateboarding, whether we were good at it or not. I was unfortunately not good at it. Did not have the balance or the kind of, uh, reflexes for skateboarding. I, I tried. Um, but nonetheless, I loved watching skateboarding. I loved all the kind of media relating to skateboarding, you know, jackass and mm. all that kind of stuff. And I, I loved the music. I loved rock music, which obviously tied a lot into kind of skateboarding. A lot of the bands and, and stuff were, were closely related with it. Um, so for me, like a skateboarding video game was, was always going to be a hit. And I remember my, my start with the Tony Hawk series would have been with like, uh, two, I think, and three on the PS1 at a, a certain friends, and then three uh, on the PS2 at another friends, which was a massive kind of leap because the, the PlayStation 2 was just so much better. But then I remember one Christmas, I went shopping for games after Christmas, as I often did, and, and this was the one game I had in mind that I, I tunnel vision on, I have to get that game. Went in, got it, brought it home, and I just played it. I literally don't think I took it out of my PlayStation for, for about three weeks at least. I mean, I was that obsessed with the game. Like I, and I was really good at Tony Hawk's. I wasn't the best. You know, I, I have a friend who, you know, um, one day I'd love to get him on the podcast actually, but he was better than me, unfortunately. But I was better than everyone else. I mean, my friends that were actual good skaters that I'd first played Tony Hawks at their houses, I could, I could destroy them with, with my hat, one hand <laughs> behind my back. You put me on a real skateboard and they'd put me to shame. But, you know, on, on the PlayStation, um, I, I was, I was like Tony Hawk himself, you know, I was just, just that good. Um, but yeah, like just this, this will always be to me my favorite skateboarding game of, of all time. Um, and, and there's been some great ones since other Tony Hawk's games. The skate series is brilliant, but just for me, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 was the first one that kind of did what was required, like uh, bringing in the, the, the systems that it did and, and the, the music, like the, the soundtrack, like just so many iconic songs, like that, that I love to this day, like so that, that's why this game is on, in my top 10. It, would, were you a fan of the Tony Hawk series guy? Oh god, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think we mentioned it with uh, Pokemon last week. I think anyone in our, in our age group, 
grew up with Tony Hawk games, didn't they? Um, it, it, it's kind of similar to Pokemon, where anyone mid twenties ish, it, it had that. And Tony Hawk's definitely the same as that. And I, I can't remember the ones I had. I, I'm crap with names, especially when I was a kid. But I, Tony Hawk games were, were bloody brilliant. And I mean, you, you mentioned the Jackass influence there. I mean, I think Bam Majera was in one of the later ones that I, I probably remember more clearly, where you had to pick between him and Tony Hawk, and that, that's probably the one I remember. Um, more clearly, but no, Tony Hawk games were, were bloody brilliant. I mean, looking back now, if you, a 24-year-old me thinking, why was I obsessed with a skateboard game back then? You'd think it'd be absolutely nonsense. Because I, I was like you, I couldn't skate for shit. I, I had fucking rollerblades or some shit, which I was crap at as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to tag along. I couldn't skate for any... I had skateboards and stuff like that, but it was literally, oh, I can push it about about 10 feet without falling over. Uh, but no, I was I was a chubby kid on rollerblades. Um, went to a skate park and I was like, screw this, I'm getting slush puppy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it, it, it's it's... It's hard to explain to someone who's never experienced the Tony Hawks or, or the skateboarding um, fad. It, it, it really is hard to explain because it, it it's, sounds so shit, but it was so brilliant. And to make actual like storied missions out of a skateboard game, it's like do so many tricks, get get so many photos tag so many cars or something like that it was like this is the best game ever and it's absolute all nonsense and that i i can fully understand why this is on this is on your top 10 because they were just so fun um just absolute brilliant games but uh what are we up to number five yeah so we're into our top five now this this was the order i probably swapped around multiple times but um well i'm happy with what i have now so number five again a game that some people might not have heard of um but those who have definitely won't question its inclusion um and that is sui coden 2 on the playstation 1 this is another jrpg it is a PlayStation, as I said, PlayStation 1 title. And um, just a, a little tidbit here. This is the most expensive game I own. I paid about 200 quid for this game. It's probably worth Good even God. more now. I mean, it, it collectors might be able to, to correct me, but I, I'm pretty sure it is the, if not one of the, rarest PAL PlayStation 1 games there is. Like, it's 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 really solid but but i was happy to pay it because it's it's such an iconic game that i wanted to have a kind of hard copy of it um for those that don't want to pay 200 or more quid for it it's also available on the playstation 3 as like a ps1 classic so uh check it out but sui coden 2 like it's just amazing it's the sequel to sui coden 1 obviously which came out i think only about a year beforehand and they're both brilliant games to be honest and um but two just kind of built on everything one had i mean it's you've you've got basically uh the premise of sui coden is it's based on so, well, not based, but loosely adapted from the Sui Coden books, which um, are kind of ridiculously old Chinese books, I think, that deal with like a story of like, is it 101 heroes? You know, I'm killing myself here, but um, I used to know all this, but um, it's a ridiculous amount of heroes anyway. So in each of the games, you have a similar amount of recruitable characters. Now, they're not all playable. But they do things like you in each of the games, you have like a, a castle or a base and they'll open stores 
fours, ins, that kind of thing. 108. It's the 108 stars of Destiny. So that's what there's 108 characters. Um, and yeah, like it's just have that, but there are ridiculous amount of characters. You know, in a Final Fantasy, you might have seven or eight playable characters yeah. that, you know, Sue could have like 40, 50 playable characters. Like it's, and all the kind of crazy, you know, you can get like wolves, dragons, griffins, all this weird stuff, as well as humans and whatnot. And just the, the story of Sui Coden, the, the story of two best friends ending up on the opposite side of a war and battling against each other. And I mean, it, it's just, it, it's a great story. Just the amount of characters and the gameplay. Like, I mean, you have your, your regular turn based kind of small team battles that make up the guts of the game but you've also got these little mini strategy battles which are almost like a, an rts and then you've also got these kind of rock paper scissors style dual battles so it's got like three battle systems in the one game which i thought was really cool at shaking things up whereas another turn-based rpgs at the time it's just kind of rinse and repeat the same battle system over and over again which could have got a little tiresome at the time so so that's why i'd i'd personally have like a sui coden on my list over like a, a final fantasy or a you know something uh more kind of mainstream mm. um but i mean it, it is certainly a game that anyone who hasn't played it who likes jrpgs get get on your play and has a playstation 3 or indeed a, a psp or vita get on them and download it it'll probably cost you like three or four pound i'd imagine um and it, it's well worth the, the the time um have you ever heard of this game guy nope 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 <laughs> never <laughs> heard of it um i mean the fact you've spent 200 quid on a, on a hard copy just it speaks volumes of your of your love of the game really i mean anything that was uh, what, what did you say ps1 or ps2 era ps1 PS1, PS1 era, and you're talking about a stupid amount of characters that, that are involved that you can play as, like, and combine with, or whatever. It, it sounds like one of them games that, that was well ahead of its time, and I think that's what separates a good game and a great game. If, it, if it's ahead of its time, it, it's almost timeless, where if it's a, if it's a good game, um, at the time, it'll soon be forgotten. So yeah, it, it, it does sound, it does sound really good, and I mean, if you, if you're putting it ahead of, games like Final Fantasy 7 which is probably the biggest JRPG I played as a kid um, it, it just speaks volume because Final Fantasy is probably the biggest franchise from, from Japan um, off the top of my head um, but yeah it, it sounds really good to me um, I'll have to check out a bit more uh, in detail. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to that one yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. like, just, just the last line on it, to, just to say that, like, well, you know, usually people are moaning about Konami, it's all Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania and how they're ruining those series. You know, my, my best mate and I are always just saying, like, Sui Coden, like, we, we haven't had a Sui Coden since, uh, the PS2 era, like, it's, it's been that long, like, and, and there was, so much more to come from that series like so that's that's a series i'd like konami to sell off but they probably never will unfortunately bastards <laughs> yeah uh, fuck konami <laughs> yeah yeah the go under go under and then someone make it but um yeah what are we up to four i think we're up to yeah so four and this is a game that you know, I, I feel it should feel unfortunate missing out on the top three, but, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Um, and this is the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim on the Xbox 360. Obviously, we talked a lot about Oblivion last week in your top ten, and I was surprised that 
that Skyrim, you know, wasn't uh, the, the got the nod, you know, it is close, but for me, just like you know, for, for me, it just simply came into to which game hooked me more. Like I, I loved Oblivion, and I played a good sixty, seventy hours, and really enjoyed that sixty, seventy hours. But with Skyrim, I probably played three times that amount of time into it. Like that's 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 really how much Skyrim. I know Skyrim is probably a slightly larger game, but at the same time, I mean, two hundred hours plus. I don't think. You know, The Witcher, 170 hours, uh, Dragon Quay, yeah, Dragon Age Inquisition, 160 hours. But this, we're talking 210 hours I put into this game. Like, it's, it's insane. Like, so, um, I mean, that, that speaks volumes for me. Like, what, what can I say about Skyrim that hasn't already been said? It's just the world that, you know, getting to be the dragonborn. And I know some people complain the game can be a little bit too easy and, you know, you can become a bit of a god in it, but that, that, that's what being the dragonborn is all about. Like, and I just, I love, um, this game and I just think you know that the you know that not not the story itself is in the main story because I think from Oblivion to Skyrim they sort of tossed the story aside a little bit they they more kind of focused on kind of the the side quest stories and the the the, the guild stories not that they were awesome in, in Oblivion as well but I mean, I, I, I could just walk into this world and be like, yeah, right, yeah, dragons, yeah, don't care. I'm, I'm just going to go off and explore and I'm going to go to every place on the map and see what's happening and, you know, kill these Daedric worshippers over here and these thieves Two over hours, there. 200 hours later, you forgot there's actually a quest. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, it literally is like that. 150 hours in, I'm like, what was I supposed to do in the story? I was like, oh, I'm supposed to go up this mountain and talk to this dragon guy. You know, like, it's just... You have, you have to go back to the first town. It's like, oh, I've been there since the start of the game. <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and I was only, funny enough, I was watching a documentary on the series on YouTube yesterday. And this kind of was almost from a negative angle where this was a guy who'd started with the old games, you know, Arena and Daggerfall. And although, like, he praised the newer games, he said it's a shame that they stepped away from their kind of you're in control of everything that happens um, and they kind of made it a little more not linear seems the wrong word for because none of these games are linear no. but <laughs> a, a little less open in terms of, of choice but you know obviously you know I, I jumped on at a, Oblivion so I never really experienced those older more open mm. games but for me Skyrim is, is plenty open and, and like this game launching was an event I remember waiting in my yeah. local store at the time for the game to come in because I knew the clerk my friend and I we, we were friendly with the clerk like got him well with him and we, we like stood over there talking to him just waiting for the game to come in then we took it back to my house had two TVs in the same room and just played for hours with, without even talking to each other for hours on end at times you know like it was that much of an event and I mean I, I literally again this was just as I said 210 hours like that that says enough why this game is in my top 10 uh, and why it is uh why everyone rates it so highly like and and obviously I, I don't have to ask you too much on this guy because i know how much you love the elder scrolls um oh, yeah. but like what was your personal opinion on skyrim and and why why maybe did it slightly miss out on your top 10 uh behind oblivion 
Um, well, if I, if we didn't if we didn't put in the rule that you could that is only going to be one per franchise, I think my top two would probably be Oblivion and Skyrim. Um, so I think that's why how much I love Skyrim as well. But um, yeah, Skyrim is just it, it it's just special, and I, I think I mentioned it in the last game where if it's ahead of its time and, and it's just endless hours of fun, it's uh, it's always going to have a place in, in in someone's heart, and Skyrim. So sure as hell does have that. Um, as you said, it's just special. I mean, the main story isn't the best, but it doesn't have to be. It, it's, Bethesda games are all about the world. I mean, I think we've seen this trend in, in Fallout games as well as, as the Elder Scrolls series. The main quest, it I'm not going to say it's shit, but it's not, it's not the centrepiece anymore. It's just about exploring. I mean, the guilds. I, pre- I prefer the Oblivion guilds. That's probably why it got the nod. Um, in terms of the uh, in terms of the split, the place on the top ten. But um, no, I mean the Fighters Guild, Dark Brotherhood, Thieves Guild, uh, Fighters Guild, or Compact Companions was it was in Skyrim. I think it was. Um, it's just they're just so bloody, just just excellent and just adds so much in terms of story in terms of lore in terms of everything and it's just how little things tweak and um i think another thing that added it for for oblivion i'm not not trying to put skyrim down it's just the dlc on oblivion seemed to add a bit more for me Uh, the shivering isles um was special Um, (laughs) oh i will give you that shivering isles is probably the arguably the best dlc for any game that i've ever played yeah yeah, absolutely. Whereas um, with Skyrim, they added in uh, Dawn, was it Dawnbreaker with the vampires and stuff, which kind of it was good, but it was kind of annoying because um, then random people started getting murdered in the street by vampires. Like, oh, oh don't, don't, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that was that was awesome. It did add some challenge though, become a vampire, and then anyone who has fire spells can fuck you up. <laughs> so, mm, that's true. But uh, I always preferred being a werewolf. That was the thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that, really that was in really Morrowind, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, Morrowind was... Uh... I was a kid looking for a werewolf for hours on that game. But no, I mean, Elder Scrolls on the whole, it's it's my favourite franchise going. But um, Skyrim, yeah, I mean, I, I, could put, I could load up my Xbox now, jump into wherever I was on my last load, and just be like, yep, crack on. Don't have to start a new... You know on other RPGs where you just go, I'm going to start a new game because I lost where I was? Elder Scrolls games, it is literally you're in the game. It's just, it's so easy. It's so perfect for what it is, and that's why I think it separates it from other RPG games. Just an, ease of access sounds boring, but I think it's the perfect way of putting it. It's just it's just so perfect to just go just go on a wander and get back into it. It's just it's just brilliant. But um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we we could probably well we should do <laughs> if they ever once the um, Starfield and all that comes out for Bethesda or for Fallout seventy six, we will we'll do a we'll do a special pod on them or something. But um, top three. Yeah, fine? so just before I go into my top three, just like you did last week, I'm going to run down some quickly through some mm-hmm. honourable mentions. Uh, first off, we have Final Fantasy eight. Yes, eight, not seven, not six. Six probably the best com- uh, critic leaf to me, and seven probably the most popular. But I, I, I was nine. <laughs> nine. Nine is another shout for the most, the best critically actually, alongside six. But yeah, eight. I was addicted to cards. I really liked the characters and. 
to hell with people's criticism of the limit uh, to the draw system. I loved being overpowered. Uh, Wild Arms, another PS1 JRPG, just awesome. I mean, anyone who hasn't played this, again, it's it's a PlayStation classic on the PS3, PSP, Vita. So if you have one of those and you haven't played it, give it a try. It's just great. The character's amazing. The, it's just, it's cool world, everything. Uh, Command and Conquer Tiberium Sun on the PC. A lot of people would be like, if you're a Command and Conquer team, fan, why not a Red Alert game? I just, Tiberium Sun is the ultimate Command and Conquer for me. It, it had to be one of the ones from the original series involving Kane. I just love Kane. He's so cheesy and awesome. And just, I love the, the units and the, the story in, in Tiberium Sun. Um, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance PS2. Um, for me, a Diablo clone that's actually better than Diablo, or at least it was more fun for me. This is the game I've probably completed more than any other game. Like I've, I've finished this game a ridiculous amount of times, like on all the difficulties. You know, it's just a brilliant co-op kind of dungeon crawler game. Um, just awesome. I'd, I'd love to see it re-released on a more recent platform. Check it out if, if you're a fan of retro, more retro games and you, you haven't played it before. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. People be surprised. Not one, not two. I've gone with three. I just thought three. Three was the game, the one I got the most enveloped into. It was the first one I finished on my own. I mean, I finished one with my brother, older brothers, but uh, three was the first one I finished personally. I just, I just love that game. The fact there's a character that can die from old age, you know, <laughs> like, can't beat that. Devil May, Devil May Cry PS2. Just, oh my god, like, the, the, the progenitor of kind of its own kind of subgenre of action games and just, there's a reason why it started a subgenre. It's just, just amazing. Um, I mean, I just, I love that whole setting. As I alluded to earlier, I love the kind of Castlevania kind of vampire, darky kind of demonic stuff and Devil May Cry is that and it's just, Dante is one of the best protagonists ever i don't know why they keep trying to make nero a thing just 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 give me a game where you're just dante again that that's what i want um marvel versus capcom 2 i'm not a big fighter fan but i have always kind of liked the street fighter games and as is clear i love marvel i remember my first playing i used to play x-men versus street fighter at a friend's house that's kind of where my love of the series started and for me marvel versus capcom 2 was the high point of the series i mean it's just a brilliant arcade fighter where you can play as like street fighter characters and like marvel superheroes just what else could you want um next we have pro evo 6 best football game ever to hell with fifa this is true. I will not be moved on my opinion on this, you know. And I, I don't know. With this, we're we're on a, a football uh, podcast channel. Like I, I don't need to tell you why this game is the best. Um, Halo Three, obviously an entry in your top ten. So we we that last week. I won't say why, but I already said why back then. Why then? It's it's one of the best shooters there is. Mass Effect Two again, an entry from your list. So. Again, I have already said why I love this game, but it's just, it's an amazing RPG. And, you know, I, I played it back to back at the time. Like, and then lastly, we have Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas, which just was a game I was absolutely Fantastic. addicted to and I was awesome at. And just cause, cause I played it so much. Um, so yeah, so that they're honorable mentions. It was so hard not to include some of them, but, <laughs> you know, at least I've gotten to mention them. So 
now we get into where the the uh, the the big dogs, the 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 top three here, which was painstaking to choose. But first, we have Bioshock on the Xbox 360. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I, I, think, yeah. I think I kind of gave away that this was going to be on my list. I, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I mean, wow. Like, Rapture is just one of the best game worlds ever. I mean, like, just... The writing in this game is like I I really appreciate good writing in a video game. Pe- pe- some people seem to suggest, and, and that's fair too. Is it's, it's their opinion that like writing isn't as important in a game. It's all about gameplay. But for me, just writing is just can be so important in a game. And like Bioshock is a game that you like. And I remember when I first played it at a friend's, I was kind of dismissive, and I was kind of like, Nah, where's the hype on this? I don't know. But you know, but you can't really get Bioshock in 20 minutes but like when my friend insisted I borrow it and I took it home and I played it and I was just I was hooked straight away I mean the atmosphere in that game like you literally walking around corners like literally shitting yourself because like before you know it there can be a splicer behind you and you know it's just it's so scary that game but like just pure atmosphere like it, it's it's, it's crazy and and the gameplay as well not to knock the gameplay like it, it's gameplay is, is top class as well like a, oh, yeah. it's a it's a proper challenge and you know we, we I won't go too much more into it because we did talk a lot about the Bioshock series as a whole last week because of your in- inclusion of Infinite but I mean it is an excellent excellent game and it is one of those games along with the the last of us that is one of the critical masterpieces a pure piece of art in in terms of of game development and anyone who hasn't played it go and play it the collection which is a awesome one of the best collections ever released on on like ps4 and xbox one is there and the games are all kind of uprezzed improved and and they look amazing and yeah play that game I'm yeah. sure you'll probably get on Amazon for like 15 quid or something. So play that game for sure. Um, 
Yeah, so but I, I don't want to go too much more. <laughs> yeah, I can I can only echo what you said by Bioshock one and I put Infinite in mind because I was a bit more of age for it, but Bioshock one was it was absolutely brilliant and I mean you said as you said, Rapture's probably one of the best in game settings ever. It, it it's just such a beautifully created world and uh, I can't remember the villain's name, but you know what saying I'm going to go on with the, with the uh, golf club. Good God, um, he he got fucked up. <laughs> um, uh, would you kindly? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, and then he gets his head bashed in. It is why can't I remember this now? Uh, it's Andrew. Um. Ah, oh, this is killing me now. <laughs> I d- I usually know. Uh, I remember for years Andrew Ryan. My That's friend had uh, his speech um, as his uh, kind of bio on um, Xbox for like mm. the best part of our entire time. <laughs> Xbox. I mean, his his quotes are, are just amazing. Again, that comes down to the writing. It's just crazy how good the writing is in that game. And I pray we get... Uh, you know, uh, uh, someday we get a, another Bioshock game. Not necessarily another game in Rapture, because I think that's mm. done. Like, I, I enjoyed Bioshock 2 more than most. most. Um, but, um, you know, I think Rapture's, Rapture's been well explored, but, but, uh, another world, you know, we, we know they're, they're capable of creating. You know, interesting worlds, and I just, I just love a Bioshock Three or a Bioshock, whatever you want to call it. I just, I just, I would even I'd if it was Infinite it. Two. That, yeah, that world, that world could be further explored, but yeah, they, they could do, it. they could do anything, they could do anything with uh, with that series, and it, it'd sell well. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've just loaded up the Infinite. It's got ten out of ten on Steam and ninety four percent on Metacritic. I mean, good God. <laughs> um... But, yeah, I mean, what, what are we up to? Number two? Yeah, so next, another game that we covered last week with your list, um, which is Gears of War on the Xbox 360. Ooh. You know, as I said at the time, that was the reason I bought an Xbox 360. I abandoned all plans to save for PS3 and bought an Xbox 360 after playing Gears of War at a, a family friend's house. I mean, I literally, I pulled an all-nighter playing Gears of War. I was just, just so hooked on this game. And, like, I, I remember uh, I first convinced a friend to pick up an Xbox in Gears of War, and he watched videos online. He was like, yeah, I will. He went out and bought it, and I remember standing in his driveway waiting for him and his mom to arrive back with the game and the console so we could go in and play it. And we, we pulled an all-nighter, finishing the campaign, and we went straight into the multiplayer. And, like, oh, my God, like, this game. Like, I just, like, I, I completed the, the campaign. Like, I was the guy... Because actually, my friend and I, we found all the cog tags without using a guide. So I was the guy that, like, when I was in clans and stuff at the time, and we'd play so much Gears of War online, and people would be like, I've never finished the campaign. And then people would just say, oh, Carl loves finishing the campaign. Go play with him. And I'd be like, (laughs) all right. And then I'd take them through the campaign on on insane difficulty and pick up all the cog tags. (laughs) By that point, I just knew where they were all off by heart. I'd be like shoot there, pick it up, shoot there, pick it up. Like, I loved this game. And and the multiplayer game, like, it was just, it was amazing. Like, I, I 
I used to take part in tournaments and leagues and like all through the Gears of War series, but largely with Gears of War 1, like I just, I was obsessed with Gears. And, you know, again, I know I'll, I'll do well from last week that you, you were very much the same guy. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a special franchise. I mean, last week we talked about the uh, trailer slash advert being the best ever, but in terms of the game, it's, uh, pro, it must be one. It must be one of the top third-person shooters ever, if not the best ever. I mean, there's nothing screaming out at me saying you're a moron because I'm saying this, but Gears of War must be the best third-person shooter I can think of. Yeah, you know, I I can't really think of anyone yeah. anything even to contend with it. Like it just, like I mean, it was just it was absolutely amazing. And you know what's better actually? My copy of the game I got for free. Like oh, that, I always makes it better. Yeah, I, I bought like a, my Xbox 360. Uh, I think it came bundled with Call of Duty 3. And my um, cousin's manager at the time in the shop he worked in, because that's where I bought it, threw in a pre-owned copy of, of Gears of War 1 for, for free. He, just, he was like, hey, you can have that for free. It was awesome. So um, you, you can't go better. One of your, your My second favorite game of all time, and it was absolutely <laughs> free. doesn't get much better than that. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, my my love for Gears of War, it's 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 well known. As I said on the last pod, it's 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 brilliant. It's probably it's the second biggest Xbox franchise for me. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's a it's a freaking awesome game. Um, but it's time, Carl. Number one. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Um, yeah. So my number one favorite game of all time is Mario Kart Double Dash on the GameCube. Oh, God. <laughs> now, it's funny that I say this, because for years people ask me what my favorite game is, and I'd say Super Mario Kart on the SNES. But when I went to do this list, and I thought about it, and I was like, that's not really true. I mean, I love that game too, and I did spend hours upon hours upon hours playing that game. It is definitely my favorite games. But Double Dash had uh, I wouldn't say everything I loved because it doesn't have the balloon mode. That's the one little mark you can put against Double Dash. But with that said, it speaks volumes for how much it's racing more than makes up for the lack of a battle mode. Like it, it's just Double Dash is absolutely amazing. It, it is the best multiplayer game of all time for me. And as a, a person is primarily a single game uh, game player for for most time, I have been for me to place, you know, um entirely multiplayer game top of my list like speaks volumes for this game like i i was absolutely addicted to this game like i would play it religiously and it is probably the only multiplayer game i can safely say i was the best at you know like like <laughs> i'm not a gr- i'm not a great gamer like i'm you know i'm i'm average but at mario kart i could be you know, any of my friends out of any of my family. Like I was like friends and family would team up into duos to, to, to even be able to nick a race off me, but then try and re- nick a Grand Prix off me. No chance. Like I'd come back and I'd get the points to, to finish on top. Like I just, I absolutely adored Mario Kart Double Dash. And I just, I just love it to be re-released on the Switch. Like I don't need any improvements or anything. I just want Double Dash on the Switch. Yeah, uh, number one's obviously 
really personal, but I can't stand Mario Kart. I'm shit at it. <laughs> and I don't like games that I'm shit at. Uh, and strangely enough, I don't think I've ever actually played a GameCube, so I've never I've never actually played this one. But um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm awful at Mario Kart, so I try to stay away from it. Or I throw a little bit of it and get angry at it. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to kind of piss on the chips there. But uh, yeah, about my, I can understand why Mario Kart's number one. I, I'm just... Just a game that infuriates me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I have met a few people who, who don't like it, and funny enough, they say the same thing that they're just not particularly good at it, and that, that's why it frustrates them. And I, I can get that. Like, um, did you have a cart racer that you'd prefer, just out of interest? Oh, it's got to be Crash Bandicoot Tag Team Race, and I think I mentioned. I, I can't remember if I ever mentioned it at the start of the show or before we even started. You did recording. mention it earlier. You were yeah. saying that it came, popped up in the WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. I, there are a lot of people who, who said I know Tim Getty's off kind of funny. He he waxes lyrical about that game and how it's better than Mario Kart. Um, I've played it, you know, a little bit. I, I, I wouldn't agree, but it's definitely a good car racer. It's definitely a good Mario Kart clone. But, um, and there are some others. I know those more recent Sonic ones are supposed to be really good. But, um, yeah, no, I just, for me, Double Dash always will be the ultimate card cart racer and again that that might be slightly biased due to me just being very good at the game but um yeah i mean it's just it's just, it's just brilliant but to be honest you can't go wrong with any mario kart they're all good really good car racers like um ever i don't need to tell anyone that they they know that um but yeah so that that though that rounds out my top 10 along with those that silly amount of honorable mentions that I, <laughs> I i threw in but i'm I'm happy with my list i i think it gives a, a good idea of, of what i'm all about as a as um a gamer um so yeah so that that's me and and we've had you and and uh now i hope the listeners kind of have a better idea of, of what we're into and i i find like between us you know we we seem to cover a lot of, of different genres and stuff which uh probably bodes well <laughs> forward so you, you can um, do all the japanese stuff thing. <laughs> exactly yeah and, and and if you know if we ever have anything yeah i've i've, I've people that, that that could uh guest for sure that could help with those things but uh <laughs> Yeah, like so. But hopefully now the listeners have have kind of a better idea of what we're into, um, game wise. Actually, and, and speaking of that before we f- finish up, guy, um, I know you'll be wary of time, but we didn't get a chance last week, so I want to dip into it before uh, we we finish. Is uh, what have you been playing lately? I'm curious to know. Oh God, um, I pretty much Fortnite, but I'm starting to go off that a bit because. Don't know. I just people seem to be getting better, stupidly good at it, and it's getting just getting a bit annoying. But uh, I've recently gone back on Jurassic World Evolution, the park builder game. Um, I, I got it for fifty quid. It's it's not worth fifty quid, um, but it. I'm so, honourable mention from last week. Jurassic Park uh, Operation Genesis. It's basically what it's basically the same game. It's a park builder game, but that that was one of my favorite games from childhood, and that was on the original Xbox. Love that game. Um, I but, do remember that. That's yeah. actually a ridiculously expensive game, isn't it? Like mm. that's. I'm pretty sure that's one of the most expensive games on the original Xbox. Like you're, you're talking like eighty quid or whatever oh, for it. 
Probably more I even doubt now. It. I doubt my parents pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean not. At the, I oh, you mean now? now like oh, hindsight on eBay, people trying to buy it kind of thing. Yeah. I, I need, um, I, to, I have I heard really that. good things about that game to, though. I need to dig that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never know if you're yeah. strapped for cash. Yeah, but no, I've uh, I've got I've start I've gone on the new park builder one. Now I've gone back on that. It's uh, it's just a bit of fun. Um, but in terms of plans, I think. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna try and finish Fallout 4 before 76 comes out because I don't. I, I don't know why I never finished Fallout 4, but I think it, it, I kind of just turned it off. And one day I just didn't go back on it. But uh, I, I was pretty f- close to the end, so I might uh, finish that off. And I need to. I need to revisit The Witcher 3. Obviously, that was. I think that was in top five on my list, and I, I need to go back and finish the DLCs, which. Uh, I'll I'll probably as I said with uh, Bethesda uh, uh, I'll be doing the opposite and I'll be starting The Witcher 3 all over again to do that <laughs> so um, Whoa, yeah that's a proper challenge yeah, then, I, you know I, I haven't only completed that game re- recently enough that's so that's a labour a labour of love but a labour I got the shit ending so I need to redo it and do it justice oh I think I got the best ending actually you, you bastard <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was a good girl but can I say <laughs> but uh, yeah but um, yeah it's an interest so a bit of Fortnite and a bit has season 5 started on Fortnite uh, or next season 4 two weeks I think Another one two. or two weeks cool cool but what are you playing Um, if you'd asked me this last week I would have only had one game to say which would have been actually Boulder's Gate you know the, the old PC game I picked it up in one of the good old game sales um, for like two euro or something mm. um, I mean this is a game I used to play at a friend's house back in the day like it's your proper isometric old school PC RPG lots of frustrating mechanics to it but also it's cool because you can just go if you like fuck something up you can just go on the console command bar and just like <laughs> put in a code and regenerate like the item you accidentally threw away or something which you can't do with console games so that's awesome but i've been messing around with that and it's it's just kind of a bit of a blast in the past but actually this week i borrowed uh the new god of war off a friend mm. um and i've started playing that i'm, I'm maybe six seven hours in um I, I'm enjoying it. Like it, it is, I can see why. I can't. I can't quite see why people are saying game of the year, one of the best games ever, quite yet. But I can definitely see why it's getting a lot of hype and why it's scoring high. I mean, the graphically, it's stunning. Uh, the gameplay is fun. You know, I like the kind of interaction between the the son and 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 Kratos, and like it kind of humanizes Kratos, which in the old games he was just like, "Rah, I'm Kratos." kill blood <laughs> you know it was, it was like that like but now he's kind of more there's a bit more to his character a bit more depth which it's the beard I, yeah I, I i think the beard has something to do with it you know and i'm a fan of beards so, you know <laughs> what what um there's, there's a word for it actually but i i can't think of it but <laughs> uh yeah um kratos and his his uh handsome manly beard you know that they're they're uh, i'm enjoying them at the moment you know it's a, it's a good game and i'll maybe next week i'll i'll have finished the game hopefully and i'll be able to give kind of a better kind of overview of what it's all about but uh um no it's it's a great game and i can see why it's it's getting plenty of plaudits um but that that's really it recently just just um i said boulder's gate and god of war in the past couple of weeks 
No, good stuff, good stuff. I mean, I, as I said in the pod, I'm, I'm waiting for my mate to send God of Water to our mute to our mate, then he can finish it, and then he's going to send it to me. So eventually, I'm going to get God of War as well. Um, but no, I think this has been this has been a good couple pods. Obviously, it just shows a bit of insight into what type of gamers we are and what our top tens are. But as I said on the last week, feel free to send in your your top tens. Uh, do, do ignore the franchise rule if you want. If it makes it easier for you, but thought it just to. Uh, expand our lists a bit if we did if we did the franchise rule but thanks for listening and goodbye The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.